All right, welcome back to the All Ball Podcast. We are back. We're going to discuss, um, you know, the conference championships in the NFL, um, a bunch of good games and some great matchups. You know, you couldn't have asked for a much better Final Four. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the NBA briefly, not take too much of a deep dive. But, you know, we we have to we feel that we have to address the Harden trade. So I'll kick it to you, Justin. How you doing? And what do you think about the trade? Doing okay. Uh, this trade, this trade came out of I felt like really after that Harden, the one game Harden had last week where he came out and everybody was talking about how bloated he looked, and then after the game he was just like, I can't be here. It really seemed, felt like it picked up a lot of steam. I was surprised. I was not, not that the Nets weren't a serious contender for them. I thought it was the Sixers' trade to lose or not to not have, but this was uh, I don't know. Like, as I went through what every team got with this, I kind of like in when you look at the long term, short term for each team, I like what each team got for particular aspects of it. I think I think that's definitely fair. You know, I would have to agree with, with what you said about, you know, because it, it was a thing in the offseason. It was a story in the offseason. And then it kind of. You know, once these like offseason stories reach the first day of the season, a lot of times, you know, you see this with contract negotiations all the time. Like it gets to that first game of the season and it's kind of like, all right, well, we'll pick it up at another time. And uh, I think Harden like wasn't really down with that, to, to be honest. And, and he kind of, you know, I mean, put it bluntly, like basically threw a fit and, and you know, you know, didn't do what he was supposed to do. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to get into like ripping the players or, or not. It's I don't really care. It's not my team. It's not my place, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, it was I, like 100% it became a dire situation quickly. It narrowed down to two teams. The Sixers had the most attractive piece in Ben Simmons, but ultimately the Nets were willing to just throw the throw, boat Yeah, throw, throw everything, you know, um, throw the uh, whatever you want to call it, like the treasure chest, you know, you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah, their um, war chest. Exactly. And so something that the Celtics this just came to me randomly, we're never willing to do, which is why they'll probably never win a title with this core. But, <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, I mean, dude, look, the ballsy move. I think um, I also think the Nets were like, oh, crap, like this is our second year of Durant. We don't know what the hell is going on with Kyrie. Like we have to do something. And I think I think that didn't help either. And then also I heard that Kyrie in the past may or may not have wanted Harden, which, of course, he'll deny. But like, um you know, that's also a situation where it's like, well, the guy is literally not showing up. So who cares what he thinks? So maybe you have a little more incentive to pull the trigger than you did before. So, um, no, I completely agree. It's a Kyrie insurance. And then it's also, I mean, you're still getting a very valuable asset, but you look at it. you're, You're in the second year of the Durant thing. Um, and so you, you threw away the first year and then all of a sudden in the second year, the, the, the guy he came with is pulling a Derrick Rose Knicks. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, so, so the nets are all of a sudden like, Oh shit. Like we have to make something happen. Like we can't, we can't just throw away two years or a four year experiment. We can't. So, um, so they did this and here they are. And I've watched them, you know, I watched a little bit of them against the bucks and I have to say, you know, I think they'll great. Uh, completely agree with the Bucks situation or with the Bucks game. I I mean, we saw with Kyrie and KD when it was two guys, it really worked well together. It'll be interesting to see when Kyrie comes back, how they work with three dominant ball handlers. But this was a huge risk that the Nets are taking on because all three of the guys have player options after next year. Like when, yeah. after next year gets done, they could all be gone. I don't expect them all to be gone, but you know, the fact that that's a possibility, if things don't bounce the right way, if whatever, and then those picks, 
like you can say, okay, they're about, they're, they should be late first round picks. But when you get to the 25, 20, 2025, 20, picks, those are when Kyrie, Katie and Durant or yeah, Kyrie, Katie and Harden, I mean, are past their primes, probably not even on the team anymore. And then what are you left with? Well, well, look no further than like the Nets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's funny. It's funny how they um, made this terrible trade, had this impressive, slow build, slow rebuild with no picks to throw it all in and do it again. I mean, you know, look, it's in certain aspects, it's different. I'm not necessarily saying like, oh, this is a disaster like the last one, but it is kind of funny, right? How they spent all this time to build it back up just to, you know, it kind of says something about the NBA, to be honest, and not necessarily in a positive manner that like you rebuild the right way, you do all this crap, but ultimately you sign two free agents and throw everything away for it for a third guy you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like that's just that's just the nature of the league because it's so star heavy that you do it all the right way to get the two stars like, like the nets from um two years ago yeah, like the team that that made the playoffs against the sixers with deandre unrecognizable yeah um, i don't think there's any guys from that team joe, joe, harris. Still, joe harris yeah you're right um and dinwiddie is injured um mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not, sorry, no, cold no. stand in my life that you know <laughs> yeah, I'm, a more, I'm more familiar with the roster than I yeah. should be. But anyway, um, but you know that's just like that's just like what I'm thinking about right now. It's like you know you do this brilliant rebuild, but it's like okay, do you have the two guys or like the Spurs for example? Spurs have great culture. That team sucks. You know what I'm saying? They, they have no guys. So mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. It will. I, I don't think it's – I'm not saying you're saying it's like the, the Celtics trade. I get the assets are like that, but the players that they've gotten are not on the back end of their career. I'd say they're still in the prime or still in their – yeah, still in their prime, maybe on the back end of their prime where they're still very productive. That No, just, just the concept of – Yeah, no. Like I, that. Yeah, and that's the only thing – that's the only trade where you can con- conceptually look well, at it and know, see like it's you know, similar. Honestly, it's arguably closer to the Pelicans, Anthony Davis situation thing from last year, where it's like we're giving up multiple talented young players and we're giving up a ton of picks, like mm-hmm. like the Lakers did. Um, I I'd have to look at all the picks to see who actually got the better package, but you kind of have to think the Pelicans actually got the better package because um, because of like. Brandon Ingram, I think, just yeah, sways exactly. it completely. I think exactly. the Lonzo, Karras, Jared Allen, and Josh Hart, and no, that was it for the. But yeah, I think the Brandon Ingram piece was the biggest biggest part of swaying it in that direction. But you're also getting Anthony Davis, who's 25, as opposed to James Harden, who's past his 30s. So here's what here's what I want to ask you. So when when these teams come together, outside of LeBron and AD on the Lakers. It doesn't work in the first year. It never works in the first year. So, so what, what's the outlook on this team? You know, I mean, and we'll talk about it more probably in the Pro Bowl week and whatever. But early, early reactions. It's championship or bust. Do you think they get it done? Uh, that's tough. That's tough, especially with all the questions that we have about how Kyrie works with this whole thing, about how all three of them work together. They can have this all this talk, and it can honestly work for the first ten games. But what about game fifty? What about game? in the playoffs when you're when shit's hitting the fan and yeah. you're on, and the other teams on the and you're playing against the Sixers and they're on a run like where do you I, I get that you can just go to one of these guys but who are you picking and how do the other guys feel about that like does Harden see that Katie and Kyrie are the go-to guys and he's just like sitting in the corner like idly like fuck what am I doing here like I, know, I came here to win championships do you know like let's think about it why 
what where oh and you know who else worked in the first year the 08 celtics so why did the 08 celtics and the lakers last year work but but the 11 heat and the um the clippers the Clipper, yeah, clippers last year and for me it's a leadership thing like 08 celtics is like a is like you know, with KG and Pierce, and then in 2020, like at this point in LeBron's career, he's a leader. But then in 11 Heat, it, there was no clear leader. Clippers last year, no leader. And I don't see a leader on this team either. I honestly kind of see it ending in disaster in the playoffs, but you, you know. I, yeah, I think the clear high, like I've, when I had my initial reaction to this, it was, I think the Bucks might be better still because of the clear hierarchy they have there and the fit of, Okay, we have our best player, our secondary, and our tertiary with Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. There's a clear hierarchy. They know what each other's roles are. And when you look at that Lakers team from last year, A, you're playing with LeBron James, and he's just going to make it work with these guys for the most part. Unless, like At this point in his career, he's kind of figured it out at this point of playing with stars and how to mold it to work with each guy. But it was also about, you know, I think it's easier for a non uh, for somebody like Anthony Davis who doesn't need the ball in his hands to score. I know KD can. I know I know KD can and Kyrie and James Harden, but not used to that. AD was used to it, and I'm sure he's more than happy to deliberate to LeBron because he knows LeBron will get him the ball in spots for him yeah. to put to put up numbers. Well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some of a like, especially when you put it that way. There is a bit of like a big man and guard versus three guards, like like the Nets have. Um, what was I going to say? One, one more thing on them. Um, oh, oh, just about the Bucks, dude. Save this for next for next week, maybe. But dude, like the, my problem with the Bucks is that like, whereas the, where the Nets have three guys you could give and say get me a bucket, the, the Bucks have zero. So that's why I, I don't think they'll have ownership. But um, I could see I could see that, but I could see them also giving them fits because especially on the defensive end, that's at least two elite guys on the defensive end: Drew Holiday and Giannis, and then Chris Middleton's average to above average. But on the Nets side, they like going back to what you think where it's going back to what you said, where you think it might end in fire. I mean, yeah, that defensive side of the ball, they really don't have anybody that you can say, go lock up this guy, go lock up that guy. That's fair. That's and fair. when you play, and when it's a forward driven league, like the teams that are winning championships are forwards. I, I mean, it's a lot to put on KD who's coming off an Achilles. He's looked really good, but this is again, the beginning of the season. He's had 15 months off and let me know how he's doing in April, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And my final take on this trade, now that I think about it, is that I know a lot of Sixers fans because I love in Philadelphia. And, you know, a lot of them were like, we'll trade Ben Simmons, but we don't want to trade Tyrese Maxey. Listen, we need to talk a bit about potential and reality. It's like when the Sixers traded Shamit, everyone lost their mind. When they traded Shamit for Tobias, oh, my God, Shamit could be so good. Look, Shamit's on the Nets now, in case you didn't realize, and the rap's out on him. He's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. look, and I like Maxi. I always liked him in college. I even, on this podcast, yeah. track back to me saying, I think the Knicks should take him at eight. And uh, honestly, probably would have been better than Obi because he seems to be pretty terrible. But, you know, my, my point is, like, like, shut up about rookie Tyrese Maxi's potential when you have the chance to get James Harden. You know what I mean? It's not even – they're in ball in the same sentence. Really. I was I was curious to see how, because uh, I saw a bunch of packages or reports about the packages. It would be like Thibel, Ben Simmons, Maxi, and Picks is what I heard that they were asking for, and that just seems that just seems Thibel, ridiculous. Thibel and Maxi is nothing. No, but and Picks. 
It, it felt like, yeah, of course, it depends how many with, picks you and, know. and with Ben Simmons, it was just about the fact that I don't think that the Rockets were sending James Harden to Daryl Morey unless it was for a serious overpay. Yeah, and at because, that point, because because Ben Simmons alone, if like if the Sixers traded Ben Simmons, right, and they said, and they like like the thing is, if the Sixers trade Ben Simmons right now, they're going to look for a package that's going to keep them contenders, but. But let's say they went the Rockets route and, and said, let's get as many assets as we can for Ben Simmons. They're going to get at least four first rounders out of it for sure. So, no, that's the, where I was surprised when I saw the report out about what the package was, where it was Ben Simmons, Maxi, Thibel, and picks. I don't know exactly how many. It felt like Ben Simmons was 80% of the deal. And then they were trying to get about like 60% more in uh, return. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That is a good way to put it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I are they the favorites in the East in the NBA? I still have the Lakers as the NBA title favorites, and I think that's the betting odds at the moment. Still, I think I think the, the I think the Nets have to be the favorite to 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 get out of it. As far as betting, yes, but you know it, it's such a what for for me. I, I think they yeah. have to be the favorite. Um, it, yeah, it's just so many variables with me to to place that bet right now. There's too many variables about seeing where. I mean, it looks good right now with just Harden and Durant in game two but again i'll hammer home on this let me know what it's like in april let me know what it's like when Kyrie gets back there's just too many variables right now for me to feel confident placing a bet on them to win the east in a very like very deep like very deep at the top no one's asking you to place okay no one's asking you to place a bet but in more of like a gun to your head scenario i think you have to take them honestly i would take the lakers for the title, no, for the East, for yeah, the yeah, East, yeah. probably, yeah. probably. If I, if a gun to my head, yeah. And the thing is, the other two contenders, um, the Sixers and the Bucks, are, are both seriously flawed still. So, so and they look. Good I mean, so I mean, so are the, so are the, uh, the Nets. Of course, of course, but the Nets have, like, the Nets are the two best players in any game in the East. I really do think that. I think Harden's better than Giannis. Um, so. And then Kyrie's better. Than it's not a ridiculous statement. I mean, yeah. the only thing I could maybe Joel, maybe Joel at the moment, the way he's playing right now. Well, you know, both the Sixers and the Bucks are known to trick people into thinking they're elite 20 games into the season. So that's true. That's true. That's my big thing. When it comes around, and say what you will about Harden, but the other two are stamped as playoff performers. So mm-hmm. I will. Okay. Uh, before we move on, I just want to say I thought the rest of the teams that were involved in this trade got really good packages. Oh, I think fact, the yeah. I think the Rockets made out really well with that Hall of Picks. I love the trade that they then made for Victor Oladipo because that's somebody they they can again flip for more picks or they can sign him long term because he's still a very serious asset. The Pacers got rid of Oladipo, who seemed to, to want serious money, and they weren't willing to shell that out. I saw they were willing to pay twenty five million for him, but he wanted more than that. And now they get a guy that's more that's younger in Karras. Hopefully, everything's good with him. And yep. he gets to grow up with he gets to grow with Brock and Sabonis, Turner, all of these younger guys. He's slightly younger than Oladipo and gives you about eighty percent probably on the offensive end. And then the I, Cav- I love the move for the Pacers. It sort of like extends their window. What is their window exactly? It's not necessarily a title window, but it, it could be a contender window. Um, as for the Rockets, they've kind of stuck themselves in a bit of like. They're kind of eyeing up basketball purgatory in my eyes, which, you know, it's not like necessarily a bad thing, but it's like, you look at this roster, it's like, are they making the playoffs? Maybe. Are they winning a round in the playoffs? Absolutely not. Are they, are they going to 
get you a top five pick? No. So what's the, what's the angle here? And it doesn't have to be an angle. It doesn't have to be an angle, but it's just interesting. You know, they have a collection of interesting guys, guys whose reputation probably like precedes them, like good reputation. Um, Cause it's like wall, Devo and cousins, like all-star team. But um, I see them kind of like the thunder from last year. That's fair. That's pretty good. And then, and then they, you look at, okay. I mean, they, they can, they can trade Oladipo at the trade deadline and then move the rest of the guys at the end. They can just sort of get rid of them as the time comes. This contender wants this, this team wants to become a a contender and will give us something for John Wall. Go ahead. This team wants Christian Wood short. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of push it out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then the Cavs, Cavs turned a late first and a second into Jared Allen. I mean, that that, that sounds a pretty good deal. And now they can move off of Andre Drummond. Yep, exactly. I, I was about to bring up Drummond as well because obviously that, that's sort of the first thing you think of. Yeah. Look, I, I like Jared Allen as, as far as ceiling. I mean, he's just another like Capella, Drummond, um, DeAndre Jordan. You, you know, yeah, um, Mitchell but, Robinson. So yeah, it seems to be a solid defender. Seems to be like decent enough on the offensive end. Seems to be a good guy. Um, so and, and you know, so like. I kind of like that fit there. You know, the Cavs next year could be looking at a team of like those two guards and, you know, you know, the Cavs could have something in a few years. Who knows? I completely agree. I think they have a young core that's, you know, a little promising. We've seen flashes from Sexton. We've seen Jared Allen and what he's done. I mean, people were saying he should be starting over DeAndre Jordan for the Nets. And they they weren't wrong in saying that DeAndre Jordan's a little washed, but yeah. Now, now he goes to Cleveland and he gets he's he will have minutes at least starting next year. And I expect them to move off of Drummond by the trade deadline. I mean, I think they would be foolish not to. All right. Well, that was the first time we talked about NBA in a little while, and we're gonna save a lot more of it for next week because you know, unfortunately, we won't be previewing the virtual Pro Bowl. So um we'll probably do NBA, you know, during that week. But you know. It's football time. It's football time. We, we had some great games this past weekend, um, and we are going into the Commerce Championship. So I'll leave it to you. Where do you want to start? You want to talk about this week, last week? What do you think? Um, we can we can talk a little bit about last week. Um, I, I was <laughs> to put it to kind of bridge it. I think it was the best two matchups that we could have gotten for the championship game. I mean, the four best quarterbacks that were left from last week made it there. And I and when I was watching these games, the teams I wanted as a fan that had not his team's not in there. I have no rooting interest except for gambling. And I don't really when I took away gambling, the the four teams I wanted to see was this. Yeah, if you look at the the narratives like write themselves, honestly, it's like um, you got the two young QBs in the AFC and you got the two old QBs in the NFC and you got Tom going to the cold weather to try to clinch the first team to play the Super Bowl home game and you got, you know, Mahomes versus Allen and, and the bills are like a year behind the chiefs in terms of development, maybe two years behind. And it's like, those are the two best QBs there. And you got these, the old guard, the old guard versus the older guard. I mean, it's amazing how Rogers feels like the young guy here, but it just goes to show, you know, what Brady's doing. Um, well, yeah, like I said, man, the stories are themselves. Couldn't agree more certainly the best teams in it um i thought i honestly like thinking about all the teams that lost they all kind of like proved that they were who we thought they were if you think about it or at least who i thought they were yeah. the ravens the ravens had all the same problems um the saints 
playoff chokers. I don't know if I said that last week, but you said it definitely chokers. multiple times. Like maybe not last week, but like when but we talked about the Saints through, throughout the season. Just, just as long as it's on the record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the the Rams are who we thought they were. Truthfully, like a solid defense just can't get it done. And then who's last team? The Browns. The Browns. Um, that's a bit of a fluke game. I, that was just weird, man. You know, like. If a Cleveland fan wants to say, oh, we could have won if we didn't fumble it into the end zone, that's not true because, you know, like butterfly effect and Mahomes and this and that. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's fair. But that was a weird game. Honestly, the Browns are the only ones who shouldn't be hanging their heads, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I disagree with the Rams and the Saints – or the Rams and the Browns points that you were making. Uh, I thought the Rams – it was surprising because the defense got com- absolutely just surgically torched by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he just went up and down the field on this elite number one defense. And on the on the backside, I thought Goff played better than what I expected. I thought Goff was going to be absolutely shit. And he was actually pretty solid. He didn't lose them the game. He moved the ball down the field on them. You just can't expect when your defense gives up 32 points to Aaron Rodgers that you're going to end up winning that game. That's fair, but I didn't think it was Rodgers necessarily. I thought it was like it was ironically the Packers were the ones with the three-headed running back thing, not the Rams. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like that, that's kind of what it was to me. I know late in the game, there were those two plays to Lazard, one in the first half that he dropped and the one late that got caught. I mean, the one that that game was already over or like on the verge being over. I actually, I thought it was – Packers offense in general. Aaron Donald was terrible. The that uh that roughing or whatever on third down like effectively lost in the game. Um, yeah, no, he didn't look right. He didn't look right. He it looked like Aaron like that was the first time where I saw an Aaron Donald game, and it looked like the quarterback was very comfortable back in the pocket. And Rodgers just he he that's what he did. He looked very comfortable back there. He looked very. Conf- like I mean, he's confident all the time, but just the fact that he wasn't really pushed off his spot that often. It just was, they made life way too easy on him in that game. And then for the Browns, I was, I thought it was, I thought Baker Mayfield, I was, that was the most impressed I've been by Baker Mayfield in probably the three years he's been an NFL quarterback. I thought he delivered, I thought he moved the ball very well against the Chiefs defense. Chiefs defense, not great, but he was able to move the ball up and down the field with them. And the reason they didn't score was not on him. It was on his other pieces. I mean, third uh, yeah it was third or second down and 13 and they're on the Chiefs like 40 to near midfield and he throws two two straight screen passes to Nick Chubb Nick Chubb drops him but both passes would have gone for first downs like he had clear space with blockers in front of him that could have taken for a first down or longer and then separate drive the Rashard Higgins thing I mean that's at the one yard line then you add that I mean it's just that they were better positioned to put up more points. If you look at it, it's like, oh, they put up, I think it was 18, uh, 17, 17. They should have had 24 to 27 points. And if you look at that, then it's like, oh, Baker Mayfield did a really good job of moving this team down the field. Yeah, I, I mean, that is true. That is true. I, you know, like I, like I said, I thought the Browns, you know, no, no need to hang their head. Uh, um, yeah, this pretty- was a successful season. Yeah, Definitely. And I was surprised because, you know, I, I mean, I had my doubts about Baker, whether or not you could win a win a, a playoff game or Super Bowl with him. I mean, they beat the the Steelers, but that game was just gone before it even started at that point for, with how with how the first quarter went. This was an actual game where through four quarters you really needed to play. So as for the, this week, we'll start off with Tampa Green Bay. That's the first game. I was surprised that this was the first game on Sunday. 
this felt like it would be a night game, but Tampa, Green Bay, both these lines are three at the moment, according to FanDuel. Green Bay is favored by three. Oh. So when I was going through where these teams ranked and all of that, you see that Green Bay will – I mean, the, the Green Bay offense, the best way to attack it is through the air against Tampa. Tampa is the number one defense when it comes to the run, both in rush yards per game allowed and DVOA, which is the efficiency at which they stop the run. Meanwhile, they are 15th in – pass or where, where are they? Um they are fifth in pass DVOA, but they give up the 21st most pass yards per game. So both on both sides, and we saw last week, they were absolutely they were able to swarm the Saints def, the Saints receivers in that pass game pretty heavily. Yep. I mean, the, the whole defense was pretty shut down. R- really, like, um, if you think about it, man, the, the kick return, or sorry, the punt return set up three points for the Saints. Then the Jameis play gave them six. And then, so, like, the rest of the offense only got, like, 10 points. Um, the Jameis play, I mean, it, uh, you, you, uh, whatever. You got to play deep safeties there with the – Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that. You see Jameis Winston's on the right side. Drew Brees isn't there. It's not like Taysom Hill. Yeah, but to be – I guess to be fair, it's like, how many times have you seen the quarterback line up in the receiver spot and just do literally nothing? So, so that, that's why I'm willing to, like, give them a half pass. Whatever, right? games in the past, what can you do? And the Packers aren't running any trick plays with Jordan Love anytime soon, so I don't think they have to worry about it. But uh, as far as this game goes, um, man, honestly, you know, I thought Brady last game was better than the stat line. I actually thought he kind of got screwed over by his receivers. Godwin had the bad drop in the end zone. Um, that was a Ron- tough one. That was a little bit of a tough one. He definitely – at the point where he had the ball and then he dropped well, it, he, it should well, have been a catch. He his hands and he rolled over and dropped it. Look, yeah. A.B. dropped one. Lenny dropped one. Um, Gronk – I won't say Gronk dropped any per se, but it was like, damn, almost on it, like three of them. The one um, in the back left corner. Like, that's yeah, like that's where you like five class. years ago, Gronk, Gronk's, getting in it. Gronk's getting that one. Yeah, or even, even in 2018, remember that catch that he had – at like the two yard line in the Super Bowl against yeah. the Rams. Yeah, that was um, that was the biggest catch of the game. That was what won ball. them the Super Bowl. Um, and, and but in general, as far as this game goes, well, I see a lot of people like the Packers. Um, Packers haven't been tested. I just feel like this Packers team folds when they get tested. But but then it's like I can't bet against teams. I have to bet on teams. You know what I'm saying? So, like, do I think the Bucks are going to be the one to make them fold? I know it happened the regular season, but I'm willing to throw that out, really. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that both these matchups are weeks – like, happened in week six. Both these matchups happened in week six. Buffalo, KC, and then Green Bay, Tampa. That is crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm willing to – and I'm willing to mostly throw out the first matchup. I mean, at this point, you have to. It's been way too long. I'm worried about from the Tampa perspective is they just get way too many penalties. They they're way too like the, and the Packers seem to be very buttoned up. They seem to be very surgical in how they do things. Very clean, very crisp. Meanwhile, the pack, meanwhile, the bucks are very one dimensional and the way to beat this team be, or the weak spot of this green Bay defense is their rush defense. It, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I will say that the Tampa Bay offense is more efficient when it becomes rushing as opposed to the rush yards per game. They're 10th in rush O DVOA. 
and then 28th in rush yards per game, only 10 more yards per game on the ground than the Steelers. And we hammered the Steelers all season, rightfully so for how bad they were in in the run game. But they've been relying very heavily on Brady. Yeah. uh, Well, but you know, now they have, now they kind of have something going with the two running backs. I actually thought Ronald Jones looked good last week too. It's funny like that. Never thought I'd say this, but like Fournette is like the receiving back, really. He's like the James White. You know, I definitely never thought I'd say, I'd say that, but that's what it looked like. Um, man, honestly, maybe I'm, you know, I'm kind of having a hard time um, picking against the Bucks. I just think they have like so many guys, like so many, so many guys. Dude, the, the Devin White was making plays last week, like Sue. Um, Man, I'm honestly going to go with the Bucs in this game. You know, I just – I just like, as long as they can keep the penalties under wraps, which, of course, is a big if. I'm trying not to overreact to what I saw because this team was yeah, still yeah, – I'm, I'm not good at that. Yeah, I, I, no, that's, yeah. The th- that's where you have to, like, look at things and be like, damn, like, what happened last week, it happened. Yeah, I mean, you can take a little bit into account, but uh, I'm looking like – what was it? Um yeah, so like last week I took Tampa plus three against the Saints in part because, oh, yeah, you know, people look down on the Saints or people look down on the Bucks because they only beat the football team by five. But that was because in part the defense didn't step up and, and whatever. But it's just, yeah, not hammering home that one game uh, dictates what will happen in the next week. So that's where it's tough. But I do agree that there's just so many guys on the Bucks that make you so nervous about what like what this offense can do. All-star team. Yeah, exactly, on the offensive end. And the defensive end, they're very good. They're very good, both against the pass and the run. I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I I was surprised. I I mean, the fact that it's moved, it was three and a half, I believe, yesterday to start out um, the week down to three. I like the three number better, especially at home. And this Green Bay offense, I mean, I don't think we talk about it. I don't think they get talked about enough. I think they're starting to get their due, but this is a Chiefs level offense. This is better. This is the number one offense in the NFL at the moment, especially through the passing. They're the number one in Paso, DVOA, ninth in pass yards per game. They have the presumptive, probably MVP in Aaron Rodgers, the best wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. I think I have to go with them, even with the spread. I think they're just the cleaner team. I think at some point the penalties come to bite the Saint, uh, bite the Bucks in the ass, and you know when you have people in sync like Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers are in right now, and the offense just looks as smooth as it does, it really says something. And I get the the Bucks were able to beat the Saints. The Saints honestly seemed like a team that were like that. I mean, the second that you saw how like poor Breeze was playing, it felt like you know it was the game for the Bucks to lose at that point. I don't know if they have that chance to do that. And I think in part, like the special team speaks for itself. I mean, we saw Deontay Harris, two punt returns, and he brings them into the red zone. I mean, one got called back, but just like stuff like that, the little things. And I think you need to do that to beat these great teams, especially when you're on the road in Lambeau where it's freezing cold and you're a team that plays down South. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think, um, you know, if if things don't start well for the Bucks, it could definitely get out of control quick. Yeah, um, I know, and I, I think there is something to be said that this team got blown out after 
against the Bucks. I'm not going to take it into account with what my pick was, but you know, it, it has to be in the back of your mind that you had this team beat or you were beating this team. And then they just absolutely routed you on uh, a national, a national game. Like that was, I think the game, the week where they took, like there was only two games on in the four o'clock window. It was literally set up so that everybody would be watching this game, the Bucks, uh, Tampa, right, the yeah, Bucks yeah. Packers game. I do remember that. And then you, and then they get blown out after having, I think a 10 or 17, nothing lead. Yeah, I, I I don't know. They seem like a team that I, I think Rodgers gets over the hump. Like I can't believe he's only been in one Super Bowl, one one or two. Yeah, you know, I was in a I was in a conversation and somebody was like, yeah, oh, like it's messed up that Breeze only has one. I was like, no, it's not. You, you know, it's, just, it's hard, man. It's hard unless your name is Tom Brady. It's hard. Um, so yeah, things bounce your way. I mean, things bounce your way, or you're just against teams that you know. Rodgers has been to the conference championship game three times. He's lost to the Falcons who were just steamrolling everybody at that point. That was like when they were 15 and one, they were steamrolling in the Super Bowl. Then they played the Seahawks. And that was just, that was just Richard Rogers with the onside kick. I mean, you just have to, you just have to get that. That was, I can't remember the year. It might've been 04 or 14, 14. Okay, Okay. Um, And then they played the Niners last year and the Niners like the, I mean, same co- same offensive coordinator there running the same offense. The Niners is the blueprint of how to just beat the crap out of them. Like, they did it twice last year. Yeah, um, and that's the grounded prep. Yeah. yeah, and I kind of think I kind of think the Bucs could do that. Um, it, like, like, like do, here's the thing. I think the Packers struggle and they're tested. And do I think the Packers can go through the conference championship and the Super Bowl without being tested? Absolutely not. So I, I have a hard time picking them to win the Super Bowl, but, you know, that's a bit of a ways away. Um, after we talk about the next game, I guess we can make, like, if you had to pick one team to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Go I will say, team. I will say, wait, last thing. Uh, the Tampa, I will say one thing voting in your favor, while they don't have the rush yards per game, the efficiency of which the Tampa Bay offense is running the ball, uh, which is 10th in rush DB, I'm, rush dude, I'm not worried about the stats. Dude, I'm not worried about the stats, especially when you watch the games. Like, I watched both the playoff games, and the first one was with no Ronald Jones, and now he's back. Team's getting yards per carry. It's undeniable. I mean, look, just because they don't have the yards because they're not one of those teams that wants to run on first and second down. That's actually the thing. They run the ball a lot on first and second down. I, I was looking at the stat from Warren Sharp, and it's just – it's like the – yeah, they I can – run it on first and second. Yeah, it's like you don't need to. Like, go, just – that's where – okay, I guess this is, is a good segue. Two weeks? This is a good segue into the Buffalo-Kansas City game. I had no problem with Brian Dable saying we're not running the ball in the first half. I had zero problem with it. This is a team that identified that they are weak in the run game and that the Baltimore Ravens are good in the run game. Why not just drop back every time with your MVP caliber quarterback who's just well, lighting it up this year with your stud receivers? I guess it's a bit bold to say, right? Like, you know, to give that to your opponent. I mean, you still have to you still have to respect it. If I drop back and give and like fake a handoff, you still have to like it still has to go around in your mind, like, oh, they might run it, even though they haven't run it at all this half. Yeah, you know, truthfully, I'm not watching um, Dable's press conferences, so I don't really care what he said. But, I mean, their run game – Oh, I don't know. That wasn't what he said. That was just my opinion. Oh, well, regardless. um, (laughs) Yeah, look, I mean, their run game is pretty pretty shite. So, um, yeah, I don't blame him. I definitely don't blame him for doing that. Um, Yeah, man, the the team looks good. How good? That's that's been up for debate. I I think if Mahomes is healthy, um, the Chiefs would win. 
but you know, he has seems to have like a lower body injury and the concussion. So I kind of think he's not healthy, which makes this a, a bit of an interesting game. I kind of think bills will win in a bit of a low scoring game. Right now, the line is Kansas city minus three. I saw it opened right after the last game ended on Sunday at minus one. So Vegas is definitely assuming that Mahomes will play every, all indications are that he will. I, I was honestly a little surprised. I didn't think it was a, a, uh, a concussion at the moment. I thought it was, I thought he got the wind knocked out of him. I've seen reports that people think he got like choked out in that like short, short like span between Mac Wilson getting his hands around him. You can't get choked out in five seconds. I don't, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. That's like every, that's what people are speculating because I, because when you look at it slow-mo or you look at it in fast, it didn't look like his head hit anything. Even the ground, it didn't hit. It wasn't helmet to helmet. It didn't hit the ground. It didn't hit anything. So I don't know. That's where I was confused with, but I want to go back to last week. The balls on Andy Reid to call that play on fourth yeah, and one. Yeah. The oh, balls. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Ren, and, and like the announcers, like, oh, yeah, they're clearly not going for it. And I was saying the same thing. Me like, too. Nobody ever goes for this. Um, and yeah, they sent it and they did the quick pass. And dude, definitely a big sack play. Um, man, great. Just like you feel like you won the game versus like sweating it out and surviving the game, which I think is good for morale. Um, it's a great play of, you know, of course be tearing them up if it, if it backfired, but um, man, I like to, you know, glad it worked for them. Um, and uh, you know, high risk, high reward. I thought they were going to go for it. I didn't think when they lined up and he was in shotgun, I'm like, okay, they're just trying to draw. Yeah. Like like, yeah they're going to call timeout. Then they're going to get under center and they're going to do a QB sneak. Like you should. I was, and then when they hiked it, I was just a little shocked. And I think Tony Romo was too, because to Romo was thinking the same thing, same way that we were thinking as they're not going for this in an empty set, but that's pretty much like when I was talking about Josh Allen and they don't run the balls enough. Those are ways of like a de facto run game. It's just extensions of the run play. These short little passes, you just get into yeah, your play, yeah, playmakers hand in like a second. And when you have the fastest guy in the NFL, that can create space like none other in its one yard. I mean, that was just a brilliant play call. And that's what you can do. I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Bill Simmons. And he was talking about, you know, that's a play that you can, that you feel confident calling if you won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, I, I, does Andy do that? Does Andy punt to, to Baker if he doesn't have a Super Bowl at that moment? Maybe. Well, you, know, you know who would call that regards to if they won a Super Bowl? Doug. <laughs> uh I mean, probably. I mean, he has a book called Fearless. I'd, I'd hope he would. He, I mean, he ran, he ran Philly Special on fourth and goal. That's true. That's true. Man, Saxon's an <laughs> As for this one, um, there's just so many issues with this Buffalo. I mean, this Kansas City defense. There, I and as as I'm talking about, like, I don't care if they don't run the ball at all. That's how you beat this Kansas City team. That's how you're able to manage it, especially when you have the quarterback that can go shot for shot with Mahomes. Not that Baker couldn't, but and they had opportunities to win that game after after Mahomes left. Like I'm looking at it now, and I like I I this these are the two offenses where these are the two like premier offenses in the AFC and probably two of the three in the league. I I love the matchup for 
Buffalo offense against Kansas City defense. I think the personnel matches up really well for them. I don't know if there's really going to be like the Legereus scene has been good for them. And then they've pieced together the rest of the secondary. Tyron Matthews, obviously a baller, but. They have a couple guys. They have like Breland. Yeah. Ward. yeah. They're not yeah. bad. They're not bad. No. But when you have, um, when you have Cole Beasley, who's been very good this year, then you have Stefan Diggs, obviously John Brown, Gabriel Davis, all have stepped up in the playoffs. It becomes so many guys that you have to account for. I don't um, know. Nah, I, I, you're talking like that's an elite core. It's a good core with a good quarterback, but like Gabriel, Gabriel Davis. I think John, for their roles, I think they work out. I think they work very well. But you're talking like you, you're talking like the chiefs just grabbed cornerbacks off the street to go up against to go up against like the Buccaneers receiving core. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll go back to what I was saying about the Browns and the Browns were able to move the ball up and down the field on them pretty handily in part because they were able to run the ball effectively, but also because their pass game Baker was very good. And that was in part, and that was with a pretty poor receiving core. Baker was sour. Bigger was shot. Very good. I thought he – yeah, I thought he was very good. I thought he had big plays. I think Bar's been low. I think Bar's been low for saying he was very good. Let's say they did go through the end zone there. It's still only 24 points against defense. But then I'll bring it up to the Nick Chubb thing where he drops it twice on two straight possessions where that could – or two straight plays where that could have been first down and then you're in the 30, then you're in field goal range at that moment. So I'll yeah, say – and and the fact – and he came up with big plays. They were – there were third – there were long third downs where he converted through with really good passes to – I think it was third and 13 in their own in their own zone. He gets it to, I think, Njoku up the seam. Uh, and – I, yeah, I was very impressed, but it was also the fact of if they can move the ball on this Chiefs this Chiefs defense, I have very hard time thinking that they that the Kansas City pass D will be able to hold them down enough. Yeah, well, I mean, to to be fair, pretty much like everybody's been able to move it on the Chiefs this year. They they have a bit of an it factor with the Badger, um, who I'm a big fan of. Um, that but, pick he that pick he had on Baker was a, an amazing play. Like stopped he stopped like on a dime and changed direction and cut off that pass. Definitely, definitely a good play. Um, what was I in the middle of saying? Um, you were talking about the Badger, and I think you were going into the personnel about the Kansas. Oh Kansas. yeah, yeah. Then the, then look, even though I think that like, even though I think that. Maybe you're hyping the Bills' offense a bit much of the receivers. Yeah, I do agree that they're better than the Browns, and they should be able to move the ball. Um, Chiefs are kind of like – Chiefs are so due loose. Like, they've been playing with fire for so long. Um, and like I said, like, even if Mahomes plays, dude, like, it wasn't just a concussion. He also had some sort of, like, foot injury. I think it's a turf toe. So, I, I kind of have a hard time um, picking the Chiefs, even though I like them. Um, I, it's just like – it's just like I think the Chiefs are way more likely to slip up, which is funny because they're the ones who's won the Super Bowl, and I think Mahomes is like higher like IQ than than Jalen. But I just think Jalen's on a roll recently, and um, yeah, and the know, health thing's a huge fan, factor. Like, if there's not a, like the fans isn't going to be a massive factor because there aren't that many of them. Like it's cold in either place, so it's kind of whatever. Um, dude, I I gotta go with the Bills outright. Honestly, I'm gonna go with both dogs outright. Hmm. You know, I was interested when I saw there was like a stat or not a stat, but none of these teams are ranked higher than seventh in for like their total or scoring defense. And these are, are these are the top four scoring, and these are four of the top offenses. Yeah, but that's because, dude, that's like 
like that stat you said about the Bucks ten minutes ago. That was like the DVOA. They're fifth in pass DVOA, but they're like twentieth in pass yards a lot. Yeah, well, when you're beating the crap out of teams, they're gonna throw out just the nature of the game. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not really well. That's it. where I that's where I was trying to get both sides the efficiency at which people are passing on them and their ability to defend them. But then when you go to the scoring. I mean, you can see you're still should be bending, not breaking. You're still not trying to give up touchdowns, even if you're beating teams. And for most of these teams, they're not blowing out teams for the most part. I mean, we'll talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs have had the Chiefs have been in one possession games for most of the most of the year. Um, with this, I mean, I agree with you. I, I it, it's just with in regards to picking this game, I, I like this matchup for the Buffalo bills. I like that from the health perspective, you don't have to worry about the most important position. I have no doubt the Mahomes will play I, at this point from everything that we've heard. I definitely think he will play, but yeah, the turf toe is definitely an issue about whether or not he will be mobile enough. I mean, ever, even when he was able to scramble, like I think he got a th- picked up a third and eight against the Browns. He looked like very hobbled and I don't know how, how um, willing they're going to be to put him in situations to do so like they saw on that. Like, what was your thought on the process uh, or the thought on the call to run him on that, uh, that option play where he got the concussion? Definitely noticed that he's been running. Like, it's funny. He, I thought last year he started running more. And ever since then, it's been like a more threatening part of his game. I thought his rookie year, he actually, or his first year playing rather, he ran less. Um, dude, I, I don't know. I, I don't like, I don't um, get into that truthfully. Like, oh, you should have protected the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as play calls, dude, it was the right call. He got the first down, didn't he? So, you know, I mean, that's pretty much all I think about. Um, yeah, I mean, they called the same. They called the, pretty much the same play on the goal line, and it scored a touchdown. Yeah, and they and they ran that play in the Super Bowl too. The keeper on the goal line for the touchdown, that first touchdown in the Super Bowl. So um, no, I agree. I, I've heard yeah. people that just say that are hammering Bienemy and Reed. Well, I get well, it. Yeah, I get it from the perspective of. I don't think about it basically. Yeah, I get it from the perspective that he had a toe injury, and maybe you just limit him in that perspective. But you also can't just throw like. It's in the heat of the game. He seems Dude, to move around. Five, if it was week five, this could be a different conversation, but it's not. It's the playoffs, and it's winner go home in every single game. So, uh, you know, exactly. if he's out there, if he's out there, then he's there to do a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, you, you don't keep the train wheels on in the divisional playoffs. So, um, yeah. You know, I agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the number – I don't know if I'll take them outright, but I, I like the Buffalo Bills plus three at the moment. Dude, both dogs are giving us like three, like three, three and a half. Yeah. It's, it's enticing. It's definitely enticing. But yeah, I, I can't wait. And when you look at, again, I'm just going to throw out one more step. When you look at the weighted DVOA uh, just throughout the entire season, offense, defense, special teams, and also taking into account the games in the beginning of the season matter less than the games that have happened more recently. All four teams are in the top six. Buffalo's number one, Tampa's number three, Green Bay's number four, Casey's number six. So these are these are these are the best teams. I cannot wait. Before we get before we leave, we got picks against the spread. I went one and oh last week with the Tampa plus three. You went 0 and one with Rams plus six and a half. I'm I was 12, yeah. You were on a hot you were on a heater. I was on a heater. I'm 12 and eleven. You're 14 and nine. Uh do you want to give your picks? I- if only I only took the picks that I gave out here, 
and maybe I'll be better at gambling. But anyway, as far as my pick, well, I mean, it's going to be one of the spreads, isn't it? Just a question yeah. of which dog I like more. Bill's three. Yeah, I, I just think there's more of a chance. Um, for everything I said about the Packers, the Packers could go. I, I know what happened in the regular season, but the Packers could go up 14-3, and it's just going to be over. And so um, that's kind of what I'm worried about. It's kind of what happened in the Rams game, really. So um, Yeah, the way that offense moves, it's just, you know, Rodgers is just – he's just on fire. I mean, it just doesn't look like you can stop him. I could see a scenario exact where they're like the run game gets going and they're doing the play actions and then they're like, you know, getting free plays off the undisciplined Bucks defense and doing classic Roger stuff. And it's just 21, three before you know it. And so that's why I, want, I don't think that'll happen, but I think it definitely could happen. I watched this offense and I wonder what would have happened if they just traded for Will Fuller. I mean, he, he would be suspended at this point, but it's just like, if they had, <laughs> but like they, they, if they had a Will Fuller with Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones and how well this offense is going, I, I'd be hard pressed to think that anybody would be able to stop them going forward. Um, but I, well, that's, that's going to be my bet. I'm going to take green Bay minus three. I think they're more buttoned up team. I think playing at home helps out, even though there's limited fans, I think the cold weather they're, the ability to be acclimated. I know Brady is, and maybe a couple other guys on that team are acclimated to the cold weather, like JPP for playing in New York, but it's a different animal, especially playing in Lambeau in December or January. And it's also like, even though we're from New York and New Jersey, it's like, if I lived in Florida for six months, it would still suck when I came back. Yeah. Like I was listening to uh, Ryan Rosillo uh, interviewing some football player and he's just like, everything hurts in the cold. Everything. Like you catch a ball and it hurts. You try and hit somebody. It hurts. You get hit. It hurts. I mean, everything hurts. And it's something that you really just have to get used to. And I don't know if how acclimated the bucks are to that. I would, yeah, I would have to agree. So, all right, I'm going to go with Bill's three. going to go with Packers three. Yep. Okay. I, I cannot wait for these games. Yep. They're both on it, it, Sunday. I'm going to miss the Saturday games because it was great waking up Saturday and Sunday knowing that you got two football games, two great football games. But, you know, now Sunday becomes just the de facto couch on the couch watching these games all day. Yeah, you know, I like how it went from six games to four games to two games rather than four, four, two. I could definitely get used to that. Yeah, um, agreed. All right. Well, we are wrapping another episode of the All Wall Podcast uh, next week. Like I said before, probably mostly NBA because you know not too much to talk about with the Pro Bowl, and we'll save the Super Bowl um, stuff to the week after. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, it's been a while since we've done NBA. Thank yeah, you should have plenty to talk about. Oh, definitely. You know, all, all we did was touch on the hard and stuff. So you know, there's a whole bunch of. I mean, we haven't really done anything at all. So we, you know, a lot of like quarter season, whatever, if you will. So. Uh, Yep. Thank you, everybody. And look forward to next week. Sounds good. Yep. Thank you, everybody. And uh, like George said, see you next week.